0: is our business it's like nothing we've dealt with before my golly jim i'm beginning to think i can cure a rainy day i can't change the laws of physics
1: now in standard orbit sir Welcome, everyone, to Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated podcast that covers the original and new cast of Captain Kirk and
0: the Enterprise. I am Ken Tripp. And I am Zach Moore. And in the infamous Star Trek Deep Space Nine episode, Trials and Tribulations, uh, the Department of Temporal Investigations famously states that Captain Kirk had 17 separate temporal violations on record, the biggest file on record. And we thought, you know what, Kirk? Kirk has, you know, he's gone... From there to here across the space time continuum. And we thought it'd be fun to sit down and kind of go through a list of all the times that Captain Kirk and crew uh, travel through time, Uh, at least in canon. And we had a big canon conversation uh, last time on Standard Orbit. In canon, I don't think we're going to count with 17. Uh, And nor nor do I think that line in Deep Space Nine was supposed to be like, okay, guys, we counted up all the episodes in 17. They just were making a point that, look, this guy is absurd. (laughs) Absurd amount of time travel. Uh, So I don't think we'll get quite up to the number, but we're going to get pretty close.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, 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 one that episode is just brilliant on all on all counts, and those two characters were phenomenal. And I love that line, seventeen, and just them shaking their heads so disappointed in him. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know if they'll be seventeen or not. But you know, it's funny, Zach, when when you put this idea out there, we'll talk about this and that. And I don't know why, but my first reaction to time travel is, oh no, don't do it, don't do it. And um, I don't know if a lot of people feel that way. The the good news is is that whenever Star Trek does it, normally they execute it really well. It's it's amazing to me. But I remember uh, after Star Trek three and being at a convention and they announced Star Trek four. We're going yay! And they said yeah, it's they had a, a, a little a little preview thing going like a videotaped interview with uh, Shatner and Nimoy. And it's yeah, we're gonna do time travel. And I just remember my heart sinking, going oh no. No, no, no! Don't do time travel. Just, just keep going, right? I mean, it was one of that, that. was my mindset. And then, of course, the movie absolutely rocks it out. It was brilliant, funny, hilarious. Loved it. Um, same with First Contact. I was like, no, don't go back in time. But then it works. And I think they uh, they seem to have a magic formula with Star Trek. At least in my opinion, they they seem to be able to pull it off quite well.
0: Yeah, they could probably rename the show Time Trek because so of how often they travel, you know, back and forth through time. I mean, if you look at all of the generally considered best episodes of a lot of the shows. Okay, original series, City on the Edge Forever, usually people's number one, time travel, right? Uh, Next Generation, Yesterday's Enterprise is right up there. You know, that's actually my favorite episode of Next Gen is Yesterday's Enterprise, time travel, right really? there. You, you look at other favorites, though, like all the things, time travel, right? So... Uh, time zero, not so much, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's an excellent point, Zach, and
1: that that, does, that reiterates what my, my 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 gut instinct versus reality they
0: do not co- they do not co- right. come well, together even at all. D space nine, right? With Trials and tribulations, mm-hmm. right up there, right? Time travel, obviously, into another episode, which is brilliant. And like that's what's so brilliant about that episode it was like the Back to the Future two in Star Trek, going inside a previous adventure. That was so clever and so fun. Uh, the Visitor. Also up there on people's list on Deep Space Nine, that's time travel, you know, Jake Sisko, Ben Sisko. Uh, you go through Voyager, all of their, you know, best episodes, probably, you know, time travel, you get Timeless, Year of Hell, episodes like that. And then even Enterprise, right? In a Mirror Darkly, usually considered one of the best, and and the, the whole temporal Cold War was a major arc in that show. So, Time Trek it is indeed. I, I do wonder if they're going to dabble in this time travel and discovery. I think they're probably going to stay away from it, just because if they're telling a 13 episode arc like some random time travel adventure probably wouldn't fit in in my opinion but hey look you look at the genesis trilogy of star trek 2 3 and 4 they throw some time travel in there at the end so you never know what you're going to come across out there but there is a lot of time travel in shrek and you know captain kirk was responsible for a lot of it
1: yeah he was bad (laughs) he was was very bad he did bad things he didn't mean to do it actually he was correcting a lot of wrongs (laughs) which is also i guess bad uh, depending on your point of view, but yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I, you, you, you. Um, I guess you clarify a lot with that statement when you just look at how much time travel there actually is, and you know the 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 rumored reboot Star Trek Four potentially could be, as they as they're talking about bringing George Kirk back into the into the fold. And, and, again, when I first heard that, it went, oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> and I'm hoping that it's, uh, it's like a, a holograph message or something along those lines or, or lost tapes. <laughs> but we'll see if they can
0: pull it off. Uh, but we, today we're going to take the time to talk about time. Let's see how much time we have. So then the naked time. at the, end of the naked time. Time in the title. Brilliant. I didn't even realize this until just now as we're recording. This is the, <laughs> this is the first instance of time travel in Star Trek. And the word time is in the title. Brilliant. Uh, so, time travel in naked time is accidental. Uh, it's kind of an afterthought, frankly, in the episode, and kind of a weird thing to throw in at the end as well. Uh, because they, they go through, you know, the crew gets the disease, they're spiraling toward a planet, they do the cold start of the engines, it throws them back three days in time. And it's like, oh, well, great. On set course for the next mission. Like, there, I think there's a lot more to be delved into than that. They, they seem rather nonchalant about it. After, <laughs> just like for, for, from their, I guess. Point of view. This is the first time any of them have time traveled before. And they're like, "Oh, all right. Well, what's our what's our next mission, Mister Sulu? Said, "Of course, you know, work factor one." All right.
1: Well, when when they say they they're, they're going to change the laws of physics, they, they ain't kidding around. That's all I can do. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I guess you know if you're going to be nonchalant about uh, changing the laws of physics in the first place, ah, you know, hey, it was uh, it was it was very clever, by the way, and uh, I thought it was kind of neat. Uh, how how that that occurred they really don't explain it uh, and that that's okay but you're right they were kind of like yeah okay we get three get three days to live over again okay
0: (laughs) well so do they go to the planet you know psi 2000 and like try to stop all that from happening or they just would they run into themselves right it's just it's very very complicated and uh you know some of the original plans for this episode were to lead into tomorrow is yesterday uh, which is the next time travel episode but for whatever, for whatever reason uh they they shuffled that around so the the time travel element became kind of just this plot thread left over from my earlier draft uh and that would have been it but it's just to have a two part episode that early in the series run I know we we talk a lot about how TOS is very episodic and there's not a lot of continuity between episodes and, well, that certainly would have been continuity to have, you know, one episode you go back in time the second episode is you figuring it out and getting back. I mean, that, that, would, have, that would have been the first batch of episodes. That would have been pretty pretty neat for 60s TV. It would have been, but they also would have
1: been, I guess, back-to-back accidents, right?
0: Well, th- this would have been the accident. You know what I'm saying? Like, like uh, mm-hmm. th- they would oh, not I have see. fallen just, into it's... a black star as they say in Tomorrow's Yesterday.
1: I gotcha, yeah. I gotcha. Okay, okay. I, I thought that... Uh... You know they moved. Yeah, okay. I'm with you.
0: I'm with you. Well, and, and you know, and I cut them a lot of slack here, as we do with a lot of T U S because they were they were forging new ground. As far is that the is that the forging new ground? Is that the term? Uh,
1: You're asking me. She's <laughs> oh, forging. Yeah, uh, I, I, I consider myself a very educated guy, but I you, butcher. You break I butcher words.
0: <laughs> you break butcher new the- ground. You forge a new path, right? You okay? I, I got it. You drive on the parkway. You park on the driveway. I got it. So they were breaking new ground. They were forging new paths here with this with a sci-fi. I mean, that the, there wasn't like today. The time travel is everywhere. Movies, TV shows, books, magazines, whatever. And yes, there were cool sci-fi concepts back then, but not in the mainstream. So Star Trek was was. Breaking breaking new ground, as I said, with this. So there weren't like all these rules, and people weren't thinking. Oh, but wait, you know, th- this is a pre Back to the Future world. I feel like Back to the Future is really what kind of got people like understanding time travel on the most like generic, like layman's terms level. So they weren't thinking. Oh, wait, but if Marty goes back to Back to the Future and Back to the Future Two, there'll be two of them, and all this. So they weren't thinking about. Oh no, if the Enterprise goes back in time, there's going to be two of them. They're going to have to interact somehow. Does that change the future? Do they become like? Some time remnant or whatever. So they they weren't they were thinking about that. They just wanted to cool into the story, and there it was. So they go on their very way. Uh, we see the uh, the the, the uh, counter go backwards, which I'm very happy. That's one of my favorite changes. From Star Trek Remastered is they changed the uh, analog, you know, <laughs> a counter, something that you find that, that it's obsolete Come on, today. Zach,
1: retro's cool. Maybe it was cool in the 23rd that, that century. That stuff is to obsolete
0: retro. today. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and it wasn't even like it was like minutes and seconds. And so I was so glad the Okudas went above and beyond and, and changed that counter to, It first of all it's digital, and then they have the star date as well. So, thank you guys. <laughs> applause. One of my favorite changes. There you
1: go. There you go. So does that mean you liked or didn't like the clock in Star Trek 6? See what I did
0: there—the uh, LED digital clock. Mm. Well, I'll tell you this: it, it led to a lot of continuity errors. If you watch that movie with a keen eye, they're—you know—that that clock is all over the place because you know they, they do takes and they, they didn't think about the behind-the-scenes. Well, they didn't think about people like us free streaming every like oh wait oh, episode 15 oh, i have to do that voice in every episode now i can't it's part of my <laughs> uh, well you do it well seventeen fourteen I, no seventeen sixteen. Oh, so.
1: because i am a, a geek and a nerd and all those things I, I did pay close attention to it they got it right more than they got it wrong by the way all it takes is and and all it takes is one <laughs> you no, know, no, I know. But all I was thinking of during that whole time—here we go, uh, red alert tangent coming—that uh, that they took a big risk in doing that, and um, for 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 those reasons, you know, it, it's it's a bear to reset clocks and make sure everything's aligned or whatever. And I thought they did a pretty good job at it, but I thought it was very, you know, with all the the modern look of that bridge and that that set. I said, well, that, that clock looks very today. So it was just kind of interesting.
0: Well, if they did it today, they just put a little green box up there, like a green screen. They digitally put in the time, like, after they edited the movie, and it would be a lot simpler. So, you know, they you know they knew the risks. But that's why the risk. we're aboard this ship. <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on to Tomorrow is Yesterday. It's our next time travel event in Star Trek history. This was an interesting episode. It, um... One of the most generic titles, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, tomorrow is yesterday. Return to tomorrow. You know, all our yesterdays. You can get all these mixed up. We talked about titles before, but uh, look, if if you're gonna have a, a story about time travel, I think tomorrow is yesterday. Pretty good title for it, right? I
1: thought it was very clever, and very well done, and it was a, it was a fun episode too. I I, I liked it a lot. I, I liked the way it opened up. You know, everything's kind of in disarray and trying to figure things out. But yeah, um, it it is weird how they. When these things go wrong, they always seem to wind up back on Earth. But
0: you know, it was it was it was
1: a very good
0: episode. It's like how far away were you from Earth? Like this is uh well yeah, and it'll happen more than once. Time travel around Earth. It's like so. Did you? It's it's curious to me. and This is a, another tangent here. So a very short side tangent. But like in, in first contact, right? Um, the Borg. Their plan is to go back in time, right, and assimilate Earth, assimilate the the, the past to secure the future. Um. So they fly all the way from the Delta Quadrant to Earth in their Borg cube. Then they open the temporal portal and go through. Uh, having almost been destroyed by the Starfleet fleet because Picard has intimate knowledge of the Borg and how they operate, um, should they not have just opened that, that temporal vortex, that temporal wake uh, that the Enterprise gets caught into? Should they not not open that over in the Delta Quadrant and just flown over there, you know, 100% in the 21st century, encounter no resistance, no pun intended, uh gotten the job done that way now i love first contact but that i think that's kind of a plot hole if you ask me so
1: well i think i think that's why time travel in general can create a huge plot hole all the time mm-hmm. one i i just took it uh, it was a de- <laughs> it was a, yeah huh, thank you i just took that piece of first contact as being a desperation move okay. they were coming there to invade to to assimilate and all that other stuff well and, said yeah, uh, there we go you know,
0: see this is what we fans do we justify all the mistakes that's so right good. so that's
1: how i see it but that does not take away from your larger argument. If it's that easy to do, then you could do it anywhere. <laughs> and you know, considering how many interactions the uh, the Voyager had with with the Borg and, and whatnot, I mean, you you could change time at any place. And I mean, they in in Voyager they had a temporal starship, mm, the
0: relativity, the, yeah,
1: the relativity. And it's it's just this whole thing has gotten out of control, and that's one of the reasons why. You know, when I first hear about it, it's like, I I, I don't like it because it, it's too easy to to change things. And then it's too difficult to explain why it doesn't happen all the
0: time. Mm-hmm. All the time? That's all. All the time. Anyway, all that being said.
1: <laughs> right, that was a nice Kirk movement you did. There. Now, nobody can see that, but the, with the hands flaring and everything, it was like, that is just so Shatner. Well done, Zach.
0: You know, the beam captain, Christopher on. they were like, oh, well. We can't send him back because he he's seen us. It's like it's like he knows our secret identity. <laughs> you know? right, right. He knows too much. Uh, but then they're like, oh wait, no. His son becomes very important and leads the first mission to Saturn. So we have to send it back. Like, oh, what are we gonna do? But yeah, when they when they you know beam down to the Air Force base and they're all sneaking around and Kirk gets caught. You know, it's kind of played for laughs. He's like, I'm gonna lock you up for two hundred years, and Kirk's like, eh, that's just about right. So that's that's played for laughs there and. um
1: Ha, we didn't bring that up in our continuity discussion, did we?
0: You know, I think we might have talked about it beforehand. There you know, there are a lot of things that we talked about. Yeah, we should talk about this, we should talk about that, we should talk about this. Yeah, 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 <laughs> but
1: that that is definitely that definitely gets you to the 23rd century mm-hmm. during the the first uh, Well, it's the first it,
0: season. Yeah, it's uh, it's consistent with Khan being 200 years ago even though it's really 300 years ago. So, uh they did they didn't know, guys. It's all good. Kirk he's making a joke. It's fine, you know. They didn't they didn't do so much of the, the, the fish out of water stuff it was more Captain Christopher being the fish out of water there on the on on the Enterprise and looking at it from that angle. So and they, oh but they, they did this is where they do mention the United Earth Space Probe Agency. They do we did mention that in our continuity show. So. We did, we did. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yep. So, yeah,
1: I I thought it was it was cleverly done. I like how they 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 made everything right, the way they did it. I thought, you know, using transporter you, you technology. Like that? Cuz
0: that makes no yeah. sense. That makes no sense to me. Beaming uh, beam, beaming someone into their past self that that makes no sense. I
1: guess I I just looked at it that's when they would converge and that's why it had to be so spot on, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I when the two come together. So sure. I don't know. I thought it was clever. <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't know how else to fix well, it. Well, they didn't you know, Yeah. They, neither,
0: neither did they. So they just, they just the do six Machina. They just, uh, yeah, but use the transport. i will fix the problem. So even back then they were using that. So be, people give the, the, the Berman era shows a lot of flack for that. Hey, TOS has enemy within they're melding breaking people up melding them back together through time for the transporter we got time travel through the transporter we got TAS we got people getting rejuvenated a couple times on the animated series through the transporter so it's it's a long star trek edition that the transporter can do anything Sure,
1: and that's that's a beautiful thing when you think the thing was invented because they couldn't afford to uh, create shots of shuttles coming and going all the time. And yeah, you know, hey, what the heck? I mean, it it it, it lends a lot. I, I like the hey, Dr. Pulaski, right? we will make her young again. Bang, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. You're right. It it is a it it is a common trope or plot device that they wound up using in the show however this was the first time they used it that's and, true they, uh, they
0: didn't they, they did it well they didn't know i mean they didn't know the rules yet the audience didn't know the rules yet of time travel like we've been talking about like, so this is this is new ground so they can, they can get away with stuff like that and we can come smart to slack because it's so early on in the series right
1: yes the slack is given we must move on
0: <laughs> so City on the edge of forever i mean this episode is talked about all the time everybody knows it's one of the greatest obviously the time travel element it's huge. What do you think of this Guardian of Forever being a, being a time portal, Kim? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that we we look
1: so much at the essence of the story that the Guardian is kind of an odd thing, right? Um, in in my opinion, I like when they're approaching the planet and everything seems to be disturbed or there's temporal disturbances, things along those lines. But I I, I thought it was okay. I the 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 episode is so damn good and um you know it's it's it works it it works it's it's a very simple thing um you know it's sitting there within their own federation it's within their own galaxy and it's the guardian of forever it's it's pretty extreme but no i i think obviously the um the device works do i do i like the simplicity of it i don't but i do like the fact that it it kind of it kind of hits on you know the the chaos theory, the butterfly effect, whatever you want to call it, that a small ripple in time can have such a huge impact down the road, and that's what really made it cool, I thought. And that um, yeah, was it was okay. I, it's there was no science to it. It's kind of like the the orb of time, right? <laughs> yeah. in, in Deep Space Nine. Okay, you know it's it it works. We don't really know how it works, but it works, and okay, well, we, that, we, we that, accept it.
0: That's a good point, Ken, because I think the, this is our third iteration of time travel in the original series all three mechanisms have been different we had you know gravity and cold starting the engines kind of thing and then naked time we had going through a what they used to call a black hole as they say in the motion picture that's right a black star Mm -hmm. they refer to it here that that was you know back back then they I, i believe i mean i don't know when exactly they figured out the difference between black holes and wormholes and stuff like that today there is a theory that wormholes could create time travel but you know as we see that on voyager eye of the needle one of my favorite episodes of voyager so it's not only is it a wormhole it's a time hole <laughs> but uh in here well in, in tomorrow's yesterday they say a black star black hole people used to think oh yeah you fall through a black hole and then you you show up somewhere else now we understand like a black hole is, is nothingness it would rip you apart you know i mean we would know right. we've, never, we've never been in there um, you know, Interstellar, I guess, shows you what the inside of a black hole looks like. <laughs> I don't know how scientifically accurate that is. It messes with the time travel thing as well. well so it's kind I saw the- of... I saw Disney's black hole.
1: Um, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out exactly what that was showing us. Right. But, uh, at any rate, we move on.
0: But uh, so, so that's science. Clearly, that's hard science. Those last two episodes, and this is, you know, fantasy. It's fiction, right? Uh, I do like how the Guardian shows history in black and white. That's uh, interesting. Like, I didn't realize that. For years. Like as a kid, I'm just watching, I'm like, yeah, well, it's the Guardian Forever. You just take it. It's like the Gorn. Like, yeah, that's a Gorn. You don't think about it. Like, that's yeah, a guy in a suit, man. It's like, it's like, oh, it's the Guardian Forever. It's like, no, it's, it's stock footage from, like, you know, uh, uh, uh domain, uh, public domain movies <laughs> is what we're right, seeing. Right. Um, and it's not the most efficient display either because, because they, they, I know they asked the Guardian, like, hey, can you, like, slow it down? or he's like, I was created to display time in this manner. I'm like, well, this is really inefficient, man. Like, <laughs> just, yeah, I mean, uh, well, you know, uh, they they do that here, but then in the animated series, they're they're using. I guess they figure out, you know, more. Maybe there's more access codes. Like it's it's like talking to Siri. You know, you say certain things, you get certain responses. Maybe with the Guardian Forever, they say certain things, they get different responses. Because then they go they go to Vulcan's past. Then and then I know in all the novels and books, like there's, there's so many written about this. Uh, the Guardian damn, for... you're a
1: nerd, Dan. Uh, damn. Uh, well, you, you know, know in, in you the know
0: in the book Invade, read Peter David, <laughs> uh, Admiral <laughs> William T. Record goes back in time, and Tyman, uh, he, he does, you uh, know. But but they figure out, you know, because it's like this is a, such a cool concept. But if it's just gonna be random stuff from Earth, like there's only so much you can do. So uh, I, I do like how when they they expand the the Guardian and other you know mediums and either uh, animated series or books and stuff, they they change how it can. It's not just you know. Well, you got. Three minutes. We're gonna show you all of Earth's history. Uh, jump wisely, <laughs> um, and then so something that's always got me about this method of time travel is so they go back there. Somebody screws something up, but like they don't get brought back, right? I mean, McCoy didn't get brought back when he was done. So Kirk and Spock go to fix it, and then they all get brought back. And it's like, how does like how does this work? And 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 people always say, oh man, why did you know Kirk should have just brought Edith Keeler back to the future with him and then she would have not existed and it would been fine. But yeah, but it's not like you can just grab somebody and like jump back through the guardian. Like, I didn't think like they went back to a spot and jumped through They just, they just got pulled back when the mission was completed. When, when history was restored, when all is as it was, as the guardian said, What what, what do you think about that? I always
1: think that's kind of an odd thing. If there isn't, you know an exit that seems to work and and what i mean by that is it's it's like you can have all this complexity in the plot and a great story or whatnot and then it all fizzles away into me sometimes when when it's really simple now in this episode it wasn't a big deal at all and i like the fact that when they pop back the crew was like you just left Like no time had really gone by. And that kind of added um, more reality to it, to me. I I don't know why it did, but it did. You didn't have to throw that line in there or whatnot, but they were like, oh, you just went in, you know, you're back. Because when when McCoy jumped in, you know, it wasn't, uh, it (laughs) it, it took some time for them to run through that cycle again and all that. So, yeah, I I, I thought that was okay. You know, I'll, 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 I'll save some of my comments for how frustrating that can be to me really with uh generations in particular oh but yes 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 yeah yeah we, we yeah for uh. for this episode didn't bother me it is you're right the mission's done guardian seems to pull him through i you know i always have those things in my head oh they went back to the apartment or that alleyway or whatever right. and that zoom, boxing poster
0: there. behind him yeah they uh yeah. That, that is part of the guardian guarding forever i guess he does a pretty bad job guarding forever if he might just jump right through and ruin history. But uh well, well, Oh yeah, yeah, that is
1: that is kind of a strange thing that uh you know the Guardian has no gate.
0: <laughs> uh so that's so that's uh sitting at the edge of forever. Now they don't travel again in time until uh, the final episode of season two, Assignment Earth, which uh, the and the only reason that they time travel in this episode is to set up spin spinoff show that Roddenberry was working on, Assignment Earth, so that it's like a and and once you know that, once you know that this is like a backdoor pilot, you're like, yeah, okay, this makes perfect sense because the Enterprise crew, like they don't they don't affect the plot really in any way. They just kind of there, you know. I mean, it's more about Gary Seven and Roberta Lincoln and what they're doing on Earth, and and they're very you know passive pe- characters. Like Kirk and Spock are very passive characters in this story. Usually, they're at the forefront. You know, they're driving the story forward. Um, but they actually if, hinder it. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, they, I think we talk about this in our saving the Earth episode. Mm-hmm. Like they have mm-hmm. to. They, they in this case they they almost did not save the Earth. Well, they, they they were responsible for for the problem that that occurred. Um, so, like in the a captain's log in the beginning of this episode, Kirk's like we've we traveled back in time to to study how our species survived the the 1960s. It's like really. <laughs> Like if that's not breaking the prime temporal prime directive, I don't weren't know. They more specific what is. though, weren't they
1: more specific that they they were talking about an incident that occurred around that time frame? I thought.
0: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know everything, Ken. We think that's some kind of trivia. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I do actually. I Overdoing you were the voice talk out. About
1: the seventeen novels that took well, off after
0: There's a yeah. the time in eternity with uh, Gary Seven.
1: <laughs> but um. at any
0: rate, you're right. I, I um. Well, they used they use the slingshot yeah. technique that they learned in Tomorrow's Yesterday. Uh, to get yep. back, you know, uh, which shows yep. up again, right? But that's how they travel back and forth, and uh, that's how they're there. But it's like talk about breaking the temporal prime directive. Like, I mean, what what are you doing, man? I don't know. Like, it just this episode. I mean, people like there's certain episodes we we're talking about what's canon, what's not, what's in continuity. Like the cage in the menagerie. I feel like they have to exist separately of each other. Like the menagerie mm-hmm. ha- is clearly. In continuity, because Kirk and Spock and all that watch the cage, right? But they, cha- right. but they change the end of it uh, to have you know the in the cage in the original version of the cage with you know with no TOS in it, uh, the one in they you know in 1964 when they made it. Uh, the end is like Pike goes back up to the Enterprise, but he the tolosians give Vina a fake Pike to like live happily ever after with, and it's like oh illusion, and then so but the menagerie turns out on its head and it says oh no look. This is Captain Pike. He's beamed down to the planet. He's been restored to his youthful glory, and now he's going to live happily ever after with Vena, which is a great right. story, a great way to wrap up that character, right? A, a nice, yeah. happy ending to a, what a tragic uh, character there. So those cannot exist in the same universe, right? Those, because those scenes are separate. So I look at that, and I'm like, okay, well, the cage doesn't really. That's just extra. And a Simon Earth, like, that's just kind of extra, too. Like, this was a pilot for another show that they just showed during Star Trek. You know what I'm saying? So that's yeah. that's my take on it.
1: I agree with you. I I don't particularly watch this episode if it comes on, eh, you know. But I I do understand that the reason they get involved is because you know Gary Seven shows up and it, it, it obviously comes from someplace else and you know and, and it just it gets them curious. Obviously they 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 thought an alien being and they were right or whatever was was interfering with with Earth history. So I understand why they investigated it. I I do I do see that as explorers. You know, you would think they'd be be exploring the now, but if they if there was something that, for whatever reason, they had to go back and explore the '60s, yeah, okay, it seems uh, seems pretty strange to me. See, there's, they should, there's they should have just used in their timeline. They should
0: have just used the garden in forever, Ken, because it worked so well for them last time. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I
1: guess so. Okay, we're done
0: with that one. We we uh, don't time travel again until the end of the third season. Uh, mm-hmm. very near the end of the third season of. TOS, and it's not to Earth's past for a change, it's to Sarpridian's past. Uh, yeah, that's very good. so that's that's mixing it up, huh?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 I liked this episode. I don't know, if, I don't know how you felt about it, but I I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, it was clever. You know, the uh, they they go down there, and the whole population has gone to. You know where they where they wanted to go. I I always wondered was it was there a dope who went only back like twenty years and was forty <laughs> years old or something?
0: It just had to keep. It just had to keep going back. <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: uh, no, I I I really enjoyed this this um this this flashback. I I liked how they. They showed its impact on spock i i liked it all i i, I thought it, it was a it was a good episode it was cleverly done it was time travel sort of uh i i don't it, it, there was nothing accidental about it this was you know a a mechanism that allowed you to go with because it was it was actually invented and you would think with that kind of technology they could just build a fleet of ships but they um they use this technology to save the people of their planet I thought that was kind of a neat element of it you know what I mean and the fact that they weren't prepared and that you have to go through a preparation you know I'm not exactly sure what that what the preparation work is but it, it won't allow them to adjust in other words you, if, if you go back in time to that era you will regress evolutionarily from an evolutionary what point of view back to 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 where you were versus just being there so Interesting yeah. to me.
0: Yeah, I found that an interesting thing as well. It's like, you, in order to use this properly, you have to, you know, like be prepared, whatever that entails. Uh, I mean, that obviously added some some drama. Like, it added a ticking clock to Kirk, Spock, and McCoy to like get back to where they needed to go. Because again, if they're in the past. I mean, who cares how how long it takes them to get back to where they came from? Because it's still going to be there. Because they're they're centuries behind, so there, there's no ticking clock for them unless they have that. Oh no, you're you're going to die if you're not properly prepared. Right. So so I like that, and that makes sense. It's a very sophisticated piece of technology. Clearly, it was cool. I, I enjoyed this episode. People people say it's like Spock sitting on sitting on the edge forever. I'm not, I'm not going to go that far <laughs> with it. Mingzarebath uh, was a cool character, and it was nice to see him get get some action. Uh, for a change, and him and McCoy really have some great scenes in this episode, huh? Just the two of them stranded there on the planet. They do.
1: Yep. Yeah, they do. I, the, the other thing I liked about this episode is the. The elements that there were other people from the current timeline that were interspersed, especially on Kirk's piece of it. Mm, yeah, that, right, that's so, cool. Yeah. And they were like, "Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll you know try to help you out for this." I was so like, the, "Oh,
0: you didn't yeah. know about that? Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, we got we got to get you back." Like that. That was yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, That was a cool piece. Yeah, the,
1: the witchcraft element of it, and then yeah, Zarabeth and and that whole plot line was was pretty neat. I I liked seeing the regression of Spock and and whatnot, but uh, I also thought it was interesting that the fact that she was there was you know from a vindictive ruler and that that to me was pretty fascinating all of its own
0: well would, would you like to know how they follow this up in the novels kid?
1: <laughs> i you know what I think I read that one it was a um,
0: t- yesterday's son and time for yesterday yes, yes yes
1: yes yes he goes back that's right he had she has his son that's mm-hmm. right and uh that, I did read that's an old novel that mm-hmm. that boy that goes back to the eighties so I did read it I don't remember it well but i did I did read it and yeah. I do remember that uh that was pretty powerful,
0: yeah. yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, last thing I'll say about this one is, do uh, you, you remember the show Terra Nova?
1: I think so.
0: I, I Sometimes I confuse it with Earth 2, <laughs> but I do remember <laughs> Terra Space Nova. Space Above and Beyond and all that, no. So uh, Earth 2 was like in the 90s, but uh, Terra Nova was actually just a few years ago. It started, uh, well, Stephen Lang is probably the most famous uh, actor in, and, and it was basically the plot of this episode, right? It's like the world is ending. We have to go back, it, but it's set on Earth, okay? It's like, the world is ending, in order to preserve our race, the, the key to our future is in our past, right? I'm sure that was like the tagline for this show. But they go back in time, they live in Jurassic times, or Cretaceous times, or Triassic times, or whatever the di- dinosaur times, right? <laughs> and there's dinosaurs, and it. it was a very ambitious uh, show, it was extremely expensive, and the ratings just weren't there because it was so ambitious and expensive they canceled after half a season so like you know fox pulled another firefly I never have watched it myself I thought it was an interesting concept and you know since it's only 13 episodes I might go check it out sometime but it's it, I wonder like if they if they thought of this episode although I do question the long-term viability of this would they not continue to like overwrite their own history if they do this right or is it a is it one of those dreaded predestination paradox things we'll get into later I, I don't know but uh <laughs> because you can't just keep going back in time right I mean it's gonna you're going to run out of time at some point. Like, it, there's just too many people in population and population. Because if everyone keeps doing that, it, it's, it's not sustainable. So,
1: Yeah, it, it wouldn't be a show that I would want to watch, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's, uh, it's one of those things where I'd be no. So I, I, I can understand why it would die. You know, I, I remember watching Highlander, and I like the fact that they would flash back. Two ancient times, and you know you would kind of get the now and the past, and you would you would understand more of the history by 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 them showing it right it, through a through a storyteller method and that type of thing, and I don't mind that at all. But the, but the constant going back and forth that I that, that, that would be like nope done see you later next <laughs> next episode I, I'd go on to something else I, I really don't like I don't know why like I said I've been proven so many times wrong in Star Trek because they do it right for an episode here and there I can handle
0: it a TV series no freaking way yeah. see you later <laughs> well that closes the book on time travel in the original series which is you know really not that many episodes it's one two three four only five out of 79 episodes that's a pretty good ratio guys yeah but how many violations did he have within those episodes well that's true mm. you see if you if you double them like if you if you like count like um like what he did like while yeah. he was traveling in time maybe it does add up to 17 i don't know <laughs> that's a good point, because in
1: tomorrow is yesterday he winds up with none he fixes everything
0: see i see that's an interesting point you're seeing you're, you say is like oh he's going back in time and now he's like doing things that count as violations i just saw it as the violation is you travel in time so that's that's interesting okay so I, yeah i think i think if you really break it down you could get 17 if you want
1: it was just because of the temporal investigation, 17 violations, they said. And I took that as somehow that impacted the timeline. Somehow, I'm traveling without
0: a license. Traveling without a
1: yeah, Well, that could be the first one. <laughs> that could be the first one. He didn't have permission to – he had permission for um, all our uh, – yeah, for all our yesterday- – I'm sorry. These titles are confusing, yep. aren't they? <laughs> Assignment Earth, he had permission. Mm-hmm. Right? They were doing research. Uh, everything else – no, he didn't have permission. He, you know, they, they just didn't. No, they, they just went and did it on their own. Or accidentally.
0: Yeah. Well, that's TOS. Moving on to TAS, there's only one instance of true time travel in the animated series, and that's Yesteryear. Universally considered... I mean, I, I was going down the list earlier of like, what's the quote-unquote best or favorite episode of all the shows. Skip the animated series. Sorry, Aaron. <laughs> there is an animated series. But Yesteryear is, I think, universally Everybody thinks, yes, the best episode of the Animated Series. I would agree. It's definitely the most, you know, um, in canon, if you want to pull that old chestnut out again, because there's so much of it that, that uh, carries on that they reference back into in later Star Trek, where so much of the rest of the Animated Series is forgotten. Uh, but this is a great episode. You know, it's Spock, a younger Spock. Um, I know that when uh, when they're talking about Star Trek 09, and there was Leonard Greenboy who was going to be in it as older Spock, they're like, oh, is he going to pose as... Spock's cousin Selick again, you know, to, to tie to get really inside baseball and tie into that. But no, they just he said, hey, look, I'm old Spock. Just, you know, I, I like that they were upfront about that. But this is a great episode. We, we revisit the Guardian of Forever. The rules are a little bit different this time. Um, the whole crux of it's a little odd because Spock was always supposed to go back and save himself. But because he was time traveling to another planet at the time, he was supposed to go back and save himself. He died, so they come back, and it's uh, uh, interesting. Side effects seeing the Andorian first officer. That's pretty good. That's a race that got no play until Enterprise, so it's cool to see him here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I,
1: I, I enjoyed this. I, I watched it, I guess, not that, that long ago, three or four months ago, and I had forgotten. I, I remembered the plot, but I had mm-hmm. forgotten how detailed they were in it. You know, and, and Mark Lennard was. That was uh, Sarek's voice. Mm-hmm. And that was not. That was not episode. James
0: Doohan. It was Mark Leonard.
1: <laughs> yeah, for once, right? And uh, it it and, it and it was, it was, it was pretty cool. It, it's um, it's it's such a dated thing to watch sometimes, and it's, uh, you know, and of course the, um, the animation. Well, a lot of people love it. It it is it is difficult, but from a from a storyline or whatnot, I mean, you could make that uh, a live action version of that, and it could play very very well, and. Yeah, I, I can understand why it's it's considered the best because it was probably the most well thought out and it actually had ties in, you know, in the animated series, you know, they go back to the triples and Harry Mudd and things like, you know, every once in a while you kind of go, you go back. So they do, they're they're less episodic, I guess, than even the TV show was because they'll they'll go back and touch on things. And I just thought there were a lot of um, things that they, they pulled out of Journey to Babel. Uh, into this episode as well, and they did a nice job with it. So
0: yeah, it was it was it was nice that way. Mm-hmm. And you know, and the stakes are small. It wasn't like Spock has destroyed the space time continuum. It's like no, just save yourself, right? I mean, that, yeah. that was nice too because not every time show has to be. Oh no, the universe is unraveling. So <laughs> right, right, yeah,
1: it was it was it was it was pretty good and it, you know the whole the whole being half human dynamic and all that stuff was uh-huh. was was yeah which
0: which they lifted like this out. directly for star trek 09 you know his, his struggles as a child talking to sarah being bullied and all that good stuff so so that's the animated series uh now we're going to the movies now uh, the voyage home it uh is the big time trial one for the original series movies love it you know that in concept it sounds like what what excuse me like <laughs> the crew of the enterprise goes back to the 1980s to save some humpback whales. Uh, I, I think I think the whole premise of it uh, is so perfectly illustrated in the scene between uh, Kirk and McCoy. They're talking about the plan, and McCoy's like, let me get this straight. We're gonna go back in time. We're gonna go around the sun. We're just gonna pick up some whales, come back, hope we can talk to this probe, and hope everything works out. And Kirk says, that's the general idea. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and he's like that's crazy
1: And <laughs> <laughs> hope to God it tells this probe what to do oh, in it's, so, I love it's that line. so
0: good because I mean it's self aware it, it brings you on the journey like it's like look guys we know this is pretty crazy but just come with us we're gonna have a good time and that's what this movie is right Hmm. And that all that—that's—that—that's that, that's really all it
1: is. No real villain in this at all. Just um, man is the villain. You know, man yeah. itself.
0: Yeah. And that—that—that that, that
1: gets old to me too at times. But this was played accurately, and I think it did. I think this movie went a long way to helping its cause, actually. But yeah, it was—it was light. It was fun. Um, They—they—they were—they used continuity in the sense that they—they they used the slingshot effect to do it. You know, the—the the only thing is, you we—we know, we yell at the JJ verse for. You know, um, kind of the confusion with warp speed or whatnot, but the speeds that they were traveling around the sun, you know, it would it would be nanoseconds. Um, well, they go to warp time. speed
0: inside the atmosphere. Right. At least, I, don't, and, I don't know. I don't know if and that, the that motion was a visual picture
1: was too dangerous to do within the solar system. So yeah, it
0: was crazy. <laughs> like I don't know if that was a visual effects thing or, or a script thing, but yeah, you see the bird of prey just, you know, the the warp effect. Like you're in San Francisco sky. It's like, oh, okay, I guess we're doing that.
1: Yeah, yeah, because if they were doing Warp One, it would take one second to get to the sun.
0: They do some interesting stuff, though, with the time travel. It's kind of, it's very trippy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> right? No offense
1: taken. I no. know. I was, I
0: was going to say, how, how could I turn that into some pun about you, Ken? But I don't know. But anyway. That's like, okay. The, no worries. The, the sculpted heads and the, the reeds mm-hmm. and the water and like the mannequin and on fire, like that. Like, what, what what is that all about? What did that speak to you? When you're sitting in the theater in 1986 watching that, what did you think?
1: I don't remember what I thought. I think it was one of those things that, even today, I watch it and I just, I do the Spock eyebrow raise and go, okay. The only thing that I take out of it that I enjoy is the fact that after the movie's over, you realize the lines you were hearing them speak came in the future part of the movie. So I thought that was really, really cool, you know, but I, I, I didn't get it at all. I thought it was just some kind of artsy thing that they did, um, to, you know, to, to to add a little mystery to it and all that other stuff, and you know the the water droplets and and all that other stuff, and when they kind of come out of it, it was just, just, just damn strange. I thought um,
0: it's kind of like the end of two thousand one in a way.
1: Yeah, but you yeah, know, well, they they slingshot around. You know, they they wake up in. Tomorrow was yesterday, and kind of a similar thing, right? They're they're down. They're trying to they're trying to figure things out. Really, don't see that happen in Assignment Earth, though. That could have happened. We we really don't.
0: There we go. We, we, we always talk about fan edits and special yeah. visions. We need we need we need to make the same sequence every time that Enterprise does the slingshot thing. Yeah, and we then need and to then see. when they go back,
1: there's there's nothing. You know, it's just
0: well, it's like yeah, you guys have seen that. Yeah, network. we're back.
1: You we're back. They could have they could have <laughs> taken the the whole thing and just done the whole thing in reverse. You know,
0: let's see that. In an instant replay, yeah. so. but it, you know, I, I
1: thought—I guess I thought it was pretty cool, you know. It was different.
0: they had done time travel many times in the shows, as we've, as we've been discussing here. And so I guess they figured, no, well, let's do something different. Yeah. And we got a big budget now. Let's see it. So that was cool. It's cool visualization of something like breaking the laws of nature. Sure. So that's what I took it as. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't—I I
1: guess I was very neutral on it. But you know, I think back, uh, yeah. So it was okay. It, it it bridged it, even though you were confused as heck. Right. It, it you bridged it.
0: Now, and they—they're pretty fast and loose with talk about temporal violations here that they basically give this guy the formula for transparent aluminum scott he's like how do we know he didn't invent the thing right it's like really like that's 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 what we're gonna do okay you know and they they take jillian taylor with them and it's like these are these are serious temporal violate you thought saving edith keeler from a car accident was gonna screw up history i think this stuff would screw up history a lot as well come on now i mean
1: you're you're taking whales that don't exist in one century putting them into another god knows what they're pulling back with them for all we know every fish is dead in the
0: 23rd century (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man yeah that's a good i never thought about that kim the bacteria alone uh be like the martians in war of the Worlds, just wipe them out so. yeah who
1: knows ah
0: well thanks kirk that's a that's a major violation <laughs> <laughs> it could be <laughs> generations would be our, our last one for as far as you know captain kirk himself traveling through time cause that's where that's where kind of focusing in here in our conversation and uh and you know, he gets sucked into the Nexus, no fault of his own. We've talked about the Nexus many times. It's not really the, the time travel element. Here. The time travel element is when Picard uh, convinces him to leave. Like, come back with me to Viridian 3. And uh, they stop Soren, Malcolm McDowell. And yeah, so Picard just needed Kirk's help to beat up this guy. And uh, he did, and they saved the day. It's like, man, like, that's what we needed Captain Kirk for, huh? Like, that's that's the the one thing that Kirk could do that, that, that no one else could do is just beat up some guy on a cliff, right? And he dies. So that's that's why the time travel here is disappointing. I mean, if you listen, I, I probably said this before. I'm sure I have somewhere on Trek FM. But If you haven't listened to the commentary on Star Trek Generations, the DVD or Blu-ray by Brandon Bragg and Ronald D. Moore, they, they admit they're like, hey, you know what? The, t- the Nexus was supposed to be this, like, convergence of past and present and future, and... I don't think he really relayed that very well. And, and again, there's no rules. Like they just decide to leave. So they just, they leave and that's it. Like the power of positive thinking gets them out of the nexus. And and, that, and yeah, Kirk's in the 24th century. He dies defeating Soren and then Picard buries him under some rocks. And it's like, man, that, that's what we skipped ahead 80 years for, man. It's like, what a, what a waste of, of, of time traveling Kirk to the 21st century. That was my take on it.
1: Oh, it was freaking useless. It was so <laughs> disappointing. And, and I remember wanting to like it so bad. But that 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 said exactly, Zach. It, you, it makes absolutely no sense. Like you said, there were no rules around it. It made no sense. As soon as that stupid ribbon left Viridian Three and off on its way, when they rode their horses out, they should have been in space and just popped like a couple of zits. It made no sense. It just—it was just really poorly done. And and you know, it's—it's—it's it's, it's frustrating. Well,
0: it's really frustrating. It's a mi- it's a missed opportunity because when when people time travel, you want to see them interact in the new time period. I mean, the, t- the time travel here wasn't so much about the time travel; it was like a mechanism just to get Kirk and Picard together. But if you bring Kirk to the twenty first century, you want to see him like meet Worf, right? What's his reaction to him? You want to see him hit on Deanna, right? You want to you want to see him do these or Crusher, right? You want to see him do these things that you knew Kirk would do if he was like on the Enterprise D, and it'd be great if like he was on the Enterprise D and like it was it was crashing like he takes like the battle bridge and does something it goes down guns blazing and, and you know i mentioned yesterday's enterprise is my favorite episode of next generation and and that's i love the ending where picard goes out you know guns blazing like the the, the, shit, right. the bridge is on fire everyone's dead around him he's going down he's like oh that'll be the day he jumps over the controls he starts firing phases and he's like yeah man that's Picard and so kirk should have gone out that way you know well actually kirk, kirk should have flown off into the sunset and we never knew what happened to him right because because true heroes legends never die but if we had to see it that should have been the way to go uh, it's just a big missed opportunity, bringing him uh, to the 21st century and doing nothing with it.
1: They, they missed it 100% in this movie with, with the time travel aspect. It, it, it just made zero sense. And um, it was really frustrating to watch because, you know, being a, a, a fan of both... You you want Picard to be successful. You want him to go out in a blaze of glory. You want him to do things right. You want the same thing for Kirk, and they just didn't give it to him. And uh, and to me, that's that's the crime of this movie. You know, is, mm-hmm.
0: it, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things you could nitpick, but that's the deal breaker. Really is. It's
1: sure. like well, you you killed Kirk over Roddy McDowell. Come on.
0: <laughs> Roddy
1: McDowell, <laughs> Malcolm McDowell, right? Malcolm yeah. McDowell, but yeah, it, Andy McDowell, yeah, t- Pick a McDowell, <laughs> Andy McDowell, but yeah, I mean, you, you killed him over this, you know. I mean, two two guys in their in their early sixties battling, it. it just <laughs> it was pathetic. It was just so poorly poorly done. If I could go back in time, it would roughly be, let's see if I get the date right, probably around late 1993 when they started scripting this thing and all i would need is the back of my hand to start slapping people going no this is not what you're going to do this is how you're going to do it when you're just just talking about the time travel element of it uh it had a couple right it had it had the nexus it had the um the holodeck you know with with being on the ship and all that all that kind of stuff so you know that was that was kind of a neat play i think and and it it, it that's the thing is it it did have some promise but uh you know i I don't know there was just too much you know I'm not trying to make it a movie review, but there there was too much drama, too much silliness within the drama data in particular, killing off Picard's family because my favorite episode in next generation is family by far um love that episode and and i love the
0: tie to his nephew and all that stuff
1: and i end- killed
0: your favorite captain and your favorite episode of next gen in this one movie in one foul swoop that's what i mean dude it's like come on why, why
1: did you have to do that
0: well what, speaking of t- t- to tie it all back with time travel and then move on here what they should have done clearly is every nerd on the internet with the youtube channel has explained over the last 25 years so is picard goes to the nexus Goes back in time with Kirk. You know, you bring Kirk out, maybe it doesn't work out, and you know, they try it once. So then Kirk goes back to the Enterprise B, saves the day there, doesn't get sucked in, right? You you have, you know, Chekhov and Scotty, um, ideally Spock and Bones, but whatever. But Chekhov and Scotty, like, looking out into the chasm, and then, like, you see Kirk, like, come up behind and put his hand up, like, hey, I'm here, I'm back, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, something like that. Just And just like that, too. Uh, but then, so, so you're like, oh, Kirk, he's still the legend, right? He He's still, his end of his story has not been written, it's left to our imagination. And then Picard goes back to the Enterprise Dean and, like, you know, sends a message to Earth and, like, you know, they, they get to communicate with Earth from Earth like Worf says, oh, this come in, Captain. Uh, your brother says thank you for having him double check the farm or so, you know something like that to imply that we use the time travel to solve the problem. Because in every other episode of Star Trek where there's time travel, there's a huge reset button. All these problems are fixed. If this was an episode of Next Generation, Picard would have used it to save his family. Or if this was an episode of the original series, Kirk would not have died, right? Uh, but they they in the, in the rare case, we always complain about the reset button. But this is a movie where they needed to use the time travel reset button.
1: I just, I just think that um, sometimes when you go from TV to motion picture, they talk, oh, it has to be dramatic. It has to be all these things. You know what it needs to be? It needs to be entertaining. And, 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 you know, even in Star Trek III, your favorite, your favorite um, movie of all the Star Treks, and, and I love it too. It's like, oh, there was a lot of drama in there. Did they need to kill David, I don't know. Did they need to destroy the Enterprise? Yeah, but I was kind of hoping they would have upgraded it. It's just one of those things. It's like if you're gonna do it, do it, do it, so that it really feeds into the next one. And um, in, in generations, a lot of the things that they did really didn't add any value. It just, it just took away things that if you, as we talked about in in, in talking about the continuity discussion, if you really want to live in this universe to a certain degree and enjoy it. Don't rip things away just for the sake of a, uh, you know. uh oh, this, this. We we need more drama. Well, be very careful where you put that drama, you know. Uh, and that's that's kind of why I think Generations fails on so many levels. Destruction of the Enterprise. Destruction of Picard's family. The death of Captain Kirk. Heavy, heavy, heavy stuff. But it was done poorly. It was executed extraordinarily poorly.
0: All could have been fixed with the proper time travel, Ken. That's right. So. <laughs> So we teased this topic on the Babel Conference, and you guys, as you always do, had a great response. And I want to talk uh, to some of you guys in particular. Matthew Bell. So thank you for your response. You were talking about how you're a predestination paradox kind of guy because something else I brought up was, hey, what what kind of time travel do you guys like? Do you like the uh, predestination paradox rule? Do you like the, you know, uh, malleable timeline where you can, you know, break it and fix it and break it and fix it and all that back and forth? Uh, And, you know, I I, I personally, I agree with you, Matthew. I'm a predestination paradox kind of guy. I think if time travel ever really happens in the real world, that's the way it's going to have to be because if you think about it, like people could destroy the space time t- continuum on a regular basis, as we see in Star Trek. I mean, and and you point out, Matt, that it's like we're we're just humans. We're little we're little specks in the universe. Like it's ridiculous to think we would have that much power to like th- th- unravel uh, history as we know it. And uh, I just and you know and the other reason I, I'm for the predestination paradox is that that locks everything into like one universe episodes like Parallels on Next Generation, and I love Parallels, by the way, Earl Grey just covered it in an episode, great episode, guys, and uh, of of yours and of Next Generation. Uh, I love that episode, because it shows you, as a fan, you want to see all these what-ifs, right? Like, oh, what if, what if Picard didn't survive Best of Both Worlds, or what if Riker uh, became captain, and all that stuff? There's, that's cool to see, but, you know, you take a step back from that, it removes all the stakes. Like, if everything happens, like, no matter what choice you make, it, it doesn't really matter when you made the other choice in a million other universes, you know, so that kind of, like undercuts drama to a certain extent and not just in fiction, but i like in life in general. So I, I am the predestination paradox kind of guy because that, that means that like, Hey, look, you can't change anything. It's all locked in. If you, if there are time travelers one day, they just would become part of history. I and mean, there's a, there's a lot of twilight zone episodes about this. A lot of, you know, talk about time travel in star Trek. There's a lot of time travel in the twilight zone and, and some, you know, the, the, they, they're anthology. So they can have different rules in every episode. Of course, star Trek seems to have different rules in every episode. That doesn't seem to stop them either, but, um I, I like that one the best. Where like when you go back in time and you become like part of the history and you always were part of the history, like the the, the example I I always use as a perfect uh, closed loop of time travel is Terminator, the first Terminator, the Terminator, right? So uh, Skynet sends Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator back in time uh, to kill Sarah Connor before John Connor is born. So the resistance sends back Kyle Reese to, to protect Sarah Connor. Kyle Reese becomes the father of John Connor. So But he never would have been. None of this would have ever happened if it had not been put in place in the future. So, uh, people say, "Oh man, was there? Did John Connor have a different dad?" It's like, no, 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 no. This is how it happened. Like, it's a predestination paradox because Kyle Reese and the T eight hundred always went back in time. Kyle Reese gave birth to John Connor. The T eight hundred. When it was discovered by Skynet scientists or Cyberdyne systems, uh, they invented the Terminators and Skynet. So they, they, they both birthed each other. And it's just this brilliant closed time loop. Now, Terminator 2, it, it's kind of a necessary kind of veers off. But, you know, it, it's so amazing that we, we forgive it for breaking that time loop. The rest of them just go really out of control. But that's my perfect, like, time travel, like, example. And then you get the other, the other kind of time travel, I guess, is, you know, the, the most popular one would be the Back to the Future one where you go back in time. You fix something. And things are going to continue. The, the the phrase they use in Back to the Future is, uh, if things continue on their present course, that's how it's going to be. So that kind of explains how they have time to fix things and whatnot. You know, we had the visual aids of like the um, uh, Marty's picture of his family, you know, or the matchbook for Biff and Back to the Future Two, and all that. Those are two basic schools of time travel, right? And I think Star Trek seems to use both <laughs> throughout its 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 uh, franchise for yep, whatever story. Yeah, depending on the situation. Yeah, right? depending on the situation, depending on the story, depending on the series, you know. Uh, but I think that's. That's good. I mean, there are there are no real rules yet for time travel, so it's fun. If, if what is fiction for, if not to explore these possibilities? I get you, and and I agree. <laughs> I I
1: I like that. Um, I I I saw a, a nice comment in here about uh, you know speaking. It was Carlos. That's who it was. Said it before, and I'll say it again for both me and Captain January. Gives me a headache. <laughs> the whole paradox discussion does. <laughs> And I thought I think it's great that they even called it out in, in, in Star Trek as well because it was used so many times. But you know, th- this was a this was a pretty good um, pretty good thread. You know, there was a lot of people getting into the game, and um, and and I, I like the fact that you know whenever you reach out to these guys, our our listeners here, whether it's Matthew or Rebecca. Tim Hans, of course, is always quick, and Christopher Baca. <laughs> there's some. There, there, there's some. Some good conversations here about when they when they first kind of went through it, and uh, and, and what pulled them in. Uh, to these specific episodes, but
0: Christopher query gave us about a uh, about a, a, a dissertation on that. So I mean, that's yeah, he tries <laughs> to get at it. appreciated yeah. there, Chris query Yeah, if you, if any of
1: you are not on the Babel conference and you're listeners to our show, I would recommend you you come in because it's it's easy. The admin will let you in, and then specifically look for this thread that 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 that's uh, that Zach put up there. The 17 separate temporal violations. You search that, you'll find yeah, it. it. Yeah, yeah, it, it's
0: got the picture of the uh, the bird of prey doing the doing the slingshot around the sun. So
1: Yeah, and, and, and Christopher really went to town, listing it all out, and I think it's 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 a very good read. It's a very good read.
0: All right, well, time travel isn't the only thing we've been discussing this week on Trek FM. Here's a quick look at what else you might have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, the Ready Room.
1: I agree, and I think most people, if they really
0: think about it from the business standpoint, would agree that for Star Trek to compete with other properties in 2017 to connect with an audience that's not the diehard mm-hmm. Star Trek fans that we are. It, it, it does
1: kind of have to look like this because that's where the expectations are. Right. Standard Orbit. Who says we've been exposed to the vast amount of fictional history or history that exists within that timeline to be able to piece it together? It's huge. We don't even have our arms around of what's going on on a daily basis around this planet. <laughs> so if you take the whole size of the Federation, I think it, it could be very easy to, to plug and play this timeline there, um, enjoy something we've never heard of, never seen, that wouldn't necessarily impact the history that we already realized through the original series. Warp 5. So there is
0: a lot of dialogue or an exchange between the two of them where she implies very strongly to Archer that their relationship has evolved over the years. And he asks, oh, really, how far has it evolved? And she kind of gives him a look. Well, right, right, the right. original draft of the script, she actually gave him an answer. The 602 Club. I think that creates a, a great question we can dive into. This, uh, the creator versus creation. Wayland has created David in the synthetics to help him on his quest. And his quest is this. He does not believe that human beings can be nothing but a random chance accident. And that's what else is happening on Trek.FM. So check out these shows and find out what we're talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, get the show on iTunes or the Apple Podcasts app. Be sure to hit the subscribe button. That helps us greatly and makes it easier for other listeners to find the show. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Stitcher, TuneIn, Speaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and of course, you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website and grab the RSS link as well. If you'd like to get in touch with us here at Trek FM, you
1: can always find us on Contact and look in the sidebar on the show page. Or you can go to speakpipe.com slash trekfm and please leave us a voice message. You can also contact us through Twitter at trekfm or on Facebook at facebook.com slash trekfm and, of course, in the Babel Conference. Type Babel Conference, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook or go to our website at trekfm and click discussion on the menu bar. Another way you can help us keep all of our shows coming to you each week is to become a patron on the network on Patreon. If you visit Patreon slash Trek FM, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Trek FM, you'll find the current goals and different milestone contributions along with all the great perks we have for you. These perks include early access to content, exclusive content, producer credits, seats on our content development team, and more. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details on patreon.com slash trekfm. Speaking of Patreon, thank you as always to our great associate producers for Standard Orbit. We have Renee Roberts, Norman Lau, Aaron Harvey, Tim Robertson, Nick Anastasio, Richard Marquez, and Corey Elrod.
0: Yes, thank you guys so much for your support for both Standard Orbit and Trek FM. Uh, so, Ken, if people want to find you out there on the Internet, where can they find you? Hi, you can find me
1: hanging around the Babel Conference and engaging people when I, when I have the opportunity. You can also find me on Twitter. My uh, Twitter handle is at BostonSCPO. And we, uh, we like to tweet out all our new episode information as soon as we get it, as well, as
0: well as our colleagues. So look for me there. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at MoronZach. That's M O O R E O N Z A C H. And I'm also the host of my own podcast, Always Hold On to Smallville, where we talk about each and every episode of that Young Superman series from the early 2000s. And you can find us on Twitter at Always with one S. So thanks everyone for listening and join us again next time here on Trek FM for another episode of Standard Orbit.